All right. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Bullpen Blues. As always, I'm your co-host, Kevin Dixon, joined by our good buddy, David Esser. We are back. It's been about a month, David. Uh, how how things been going for you, man? Yeah. Well, first of all, before we touch anything, Bryce Harper, MVP. MVP. Oh, come on. Super come exciting. On. Ever um, since you threw – it's not in the background now, but ever since you threw that poster on the wall, he just mashed. He's yeah, super happy for him. Um, you know, we can we get that one little thing of uh, you know, him walking away with the trophy this year. But uh yeah, I mean thus far, it's been a relatively quiet Phillies offseason. Um, you know, they've made a few little trades, not a ton of signings have happened outside of baseball, but I feel like Kevin, I feel like things are gonna pick up soon. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 dam's gonna break here soon and it's just gonna open the floodgates. Uh, because let's face it, this roster, realistically, it should look much different next year. I mean, you have your core players in place, but like, they have like a lot of the complementary pieces should be upgraded. You know, like I, I know you agree. I talk to you all the time about it. Like, you would think realistically, with Dave Dombrowski in charge, he's here to win. So they're probably going to make some win now moves. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I think the first real good sign was some of the decisions they made right at the start. Letting Andrew McCutcheon go, letting Odubel yeah. Herrera go, letting Andrew freaking Knapp go. You know, just some of this dead weight moving on, saying, look, we're going to reshape this whole thing. We talked about it all season long that we think the 40-man roster, and they've already they've made a few minor transactions starting to reshape the 40-man. It, it's going to look different. Um, you know, we're going to lay out our perfect off-seasons here in a second. And my guess is Dave Dombrowski has has ten or twelve off seasons in his mind, yeah. um, where he's just gonna he's gonna plug and replace and fill holes, um, you know. Because you know we said it when he was first hired that this was the year where he was gonna really flex his, yeah. his Dave Dombrowski mystical powers that we've heard so much about. Yeah, and I mean let's face it, they haven't made any moves yet because he's been waiting on the bullpen blues off season. <laughs> he's been waiting on us. We've kind of been holding everybody up. Yeah, no, a lot of a lot of other people have dropped uh, their their perfect off seasons. I want to shout yeah. out the Phillies Nation; they had a really good one. Uh, yeah. Shout out uh, Jack Fritz and High Hopes; they had a really good one. Um, but you know, now it's our turn. You're right; we've yeah. kind of we've kind of waited. We wanted to let the dust he's settle. Waiting, a he's bit. waiting on us. There's yeah. no question. He listened to the other ones. You know, he took those into account. He's waiting on the bullpen blues, and lucky for him, we got two separate plans. We got your plan and my plan. So he really has a lot to think about here. Yeah, no, he does. Uh, and, and I'll be honest, it took me a couple tries to get yeah, my Yeah, me, me as right. well. Me as well. I was, I, I was over a lot. A lot of the different times I did it, I was over the tax. Um, you know, took a couple liberties with some of the trades and how, how we're working the money. I'm sure you yeah. did the same. Um, kind of some ground rules. What we're working with is a projected luxury tax number of $210 million. That's kind of the number that's been tossed out there. The Phillies' current payroll is projected to be about $181 million with uh, arbitration numbers for guys like Reese Hoskins, Zach Eflin, blah, 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 all those guys. And so that's kind of where they're at. They're kind of entering the offseason with $28, 29000000 million in cap space, um, give or take a couple million. Yeah, um, they certainly have, have money to – to address their holes. Uh, we'll see, you know, if they're going to make a drastic move, they're going to have to move some money around if they want to stay under the tax. Uh, but like they, they certainly do have money to improve this roster. 
even if they don't make you know the big splash that a lot of people do want to see them do because let's face it they do need help yeah no and something we didn't touch was Dave Dombrowski's end of the year press conference. He wasn't shy. He said yeah, they need a closer. He says they need a leadoff hitter, and he says they need a big middle of the order bat. Those are three very expensive positions to acquire, Kevin. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's not going to be easy. Let's face it; they're probably not going to be able to patch every single hole. Uh, but you know, his track record would signify that they have a guy in place who can turn this around pretty quickly. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I agree. Uh, Kevin, any other any other topics we want to get into before I jump into my plan first? Real quick, I did want to touch on Zach Wheeler finishing second in the Cy Young. Um, great season. Great season from Wheels. Uh, he came very close, 10 votes away, I believe it was, or 10 points away. Yeah. I think that fifth place vote, which is just a joke, but from the guy in Cincinnati, killed him. But Him and, him and Burns got the same number of first place votes. Yeah, and – and what I saw a lot on Twitter, and like obviously I'm, we're on Philly's Twitter, so it's going to be biased, was kind of like burying Burns a bit. And it's like, let's like the two did a fantastic season. Like, like just because Wheeler didn't win, it doesn't take away what he accomplished. And at the same time, like I just saw too many people acting as if Burns, you know, isn't a dominant arm. Like, like I just saw too much of that. And it's like, dude, like, that guy's pretty damn good himself, and there's a reason why he won the Cy Young. Yeah, I agree. I was actually pleasantly surprised to see it so close. I thought Scherzer I thought he was going to finish third. I thought he was going to finish third as well. I thought Scherzer yeah. was going to sneak in the second. Well. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad the voters valued the innings pitched because Zach Wheeler, you know, his numbers weren't as spectacular in the second half. But we all know, as people who watched, you know, we watched every single one of his starts this year. It's because they were. Kevin, they were riding this dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He threw every single start, 100 plus pitches. And that's not his fault. That's the bullpen's fault. It's Joe Girardi's fault. It's whoever you want to blame. So I'm glad that a lot of the. I don't think that's anyone's fault. Like, he's a workhorse. That's just what he does. Well, the argument is that the Brewers were far more comfortable lifting Burns after six. They had Josh Hader and they had Devin Williams. I mean, exactly. I'm saying, I'm saying, if the Phillies had those arms, Wheeler's not pitching into the eighth inning every single start, for sure. But and like, but in the same breath, though, like, I don't know. I, I like, I, I'm, I have no issue with Burns winning. He did only throw like 160 something innings, but I do put value in an innings eater, and the fact that he threw what he, what he led the National League in innings, right? He, so Wheeler, yeah, over 200. Yeah. Um. There's there's a lot of value in that. Uh, so, I mean, like, I get the point, and people are probably right. Third time through the order probably hurt them. But uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's you're splitting hairs ultimately. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Like, I have no problem with Burns winning. I'm very happy Wheeler came in second. I If I'm going to be real, if I had to pick between Burns and Wheeler, who do I want on the Phillies next year? I'm still taking Wheeler. You know, For I'm, sure, because he's, he's an innings eater. He's an innings eater. He's yeah. also just incredible. I mean, he's awesome. Um, yeah. So, you know, finish a second, whatever. It would have been cool. Still think, you know, everybody looks at this contract as one of the best in baseball, um, which yeah. is how this is, you know, nobody thought when they signed Wheeler that he was going to be a couple votes away from, from winning the Young. Yeah. To be fair, though, both members of Bullpen Blues wanted the Phillies to trade for him at the deadline. And at the trade for him. Yeah. Before they signed them in that next offseason, we, we both wrote articles. 
before mm-hmm. we even linked up mm-hmm. about how he was like the top guy that we wanted the Phillies to pursue. He's awesome. Ah, that's why Dave listens to to the bullpen blues. So I was, I was Matt Clentac who listened to us <laughs> there, but yeah. All right. Well, so, I'm saying like because yeah, yeah, we yeah. were so on that, yeah. Dave's like, yeah, yeah, we gotta check that out. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Kevin. With that said, yeah. let's let's do this thing. Let's get you know, to it, man. Let's get into it. We have postponed this long enough. Yeah, it's time. I'm gonna kick us off. Yeah. And again, the Phillies are entering this offseason with $28.6 million in cap space. And you're staying under. I'm staying yeah. under the tax. Yeah, right? realistically. Yes, because I don't think they're going to go over. Yeah. Kevin, I made nine moves, okay? Okay. Move number one, and I'm already starting off with a bit of a liberty, but I do think this is possible. I'm trading D.D. Gregorius to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Love it. And Get what I'm doing. here. Okay. Yes. I'm taking D.D. I'm taking Casey Martin. I'm taking Christopher Sanchez. I'm taking any other non-top 10 prospects that the Pirates want. Mm-hmm. And I'm plopping them all on Pittsburgh. And I'm taking nothing in return. And they are eating every penny of his $14 nice. million dollar salary. Why not? You know? You know? And, and I think this is possible. Because A, I do think Didi's a half-decent bounce-back candidate. So I think a team like Pittsburgh... Baltimore, whoever, they might be willing to take him on and then maybe try to flip him at the deadline if he does bounce back. Because he did get elbow surgery, which we all kind of figured he needed. Um, But ultimately, I'm taking a couple prospects. It sucks. It hurts. But we got to get out of that contract. So that's move number one. That puts the Phillies at $43.85 million. That's a lot of money. Okay. 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 Yeah. That that is a lot of money. It's a lot of money. (laughs) Move number two, and this was tough. I bounced between a few guys, ultimately settled on our guy, Chris Bryant. Oof. And it was, and it's tough. It's tough to fit the money because most of the projections I saw have him getting between 23 to 26 million. I don't think he's going to get that much because he actually wasn't all that great for San Francisco down the stretch. Granted, it's still Chris Bryant. He's got the name value. He's a Scott Boris guy. But yeah, former MVP, he's only 30. World Series champion, like yeah. all that good stuff. Elite defender. Um, but, you know, he's also a Bryce Harper guy. So what I have the Phillies offering him is six years, $120 million. So it's $20 million per year. If, if he needs that higher and you make some of it deferred money, so be it. Again, I'm having him take a tiny bit of a pay cut. I think he might be interested if that means he's playing with Bryce Harper. I think um, that is. I think that's very realistic. Yeah, and look, he slots in at cleanup. I have him out at left field to start, but he's also Alec Bohm insurance. If Alec Bohm continues to be a buffoon at third base, you yeah. pull Bryant down to third base, and then you have a really good third baseman. So there's your cleanup hitter squared it away early in the offseason. All right. You After know, that, you know I'm on board with that. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, we, we, we've been we've been hyping him up for years. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, move number three. The Phillies are now at $23.5 million. I'm trading. This is, this is a big one. Rafael Marchand, Adam Hazley, Francisco Morales, so two of the Phillies' top prospects, for Craig Kimbrell. Oh. And I didn't love this deal because it's, a, it's, a, it's an overpay, in my opinion. You're giving up two of your most valuable prospects for a guy who wasn't all that great once he got to Chicago last year. But... Yeah, but he's overall he had a fantastic season. Yes. Yeah. 
the whole Dave Dabrowski <clears throat> connection. Now, the key, the reason I'm giving up so many prospects here is because I need the White Sox to eat $10 million of his contract. Again, he's okay. going to pay $16 million. <laughs> $10 million is a lot. I don't know if Chicago wants to do that, but frees them up a little money. They get multiple prospects. The Phillies get their closer. And look, is Craig Kimbrell the best closer in the game anymore? No. But is he a guy who can give the ball in the ninth inning every single day for the entire season and in the postseason? Yes. That's what Yeah, and he's a guy you're going to feel good about having the baseball. Yes, and you're never going to move him off that spot no matter what happens. Get him in. Okay. So that brings the Phillies down to $17.5 million. Move number four. I'm re-signing Hector Nears. You locked up your closer spot. Let's lock up the setup spot. I'm giving him two years, $12 million, $6 million per year. It's a slight raise from where it was last year. You give him an additional year. He's likely to end his career in Philadelphia. He's the all-time leader in strikeouts, I believe now. Is that correct? The Phillies? For relievers. relievers. Yeah. So bring him back. I think he wants to come back. We saw what he could do when he was in a setup role versus the closer role. Night and day. Bring him back as the setup man. You have Hector Nears. Bridging in at Craig Kimbrell, I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like Naris, once he got out of that closer role, he kind of – and you were a big uh, detractor of his. He kind of bought some some good faith back from the fan base. Yeah, no, he was great. He was their best reliever last year. Um, and with how the Phillies bullpen is, you just can't let him walk. You just can't do it. You know, he's proven he can – he can pitch with with a bad defense. He's proven he can pitch in the ballpark. He's comfortable in Philly. Uh, I'm bringing him back. I'm giving him a raise. I'm giving him an extra year. That takes the Phillies cap space down to eleven and a half million. So we're starting to yeah. run out slowly but surely. Move number five, and this actually changed literally today because Clint Frazier is no longer a member of the Yankees. I believe he overlapped with Joe Girardi for a season when Clint Frazier was a rookie. I understand he's been injured, blah, 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 kind of hurt, kind of not been great. I'm giving him one year, $1 million. He's your fourth outfielder, can play all three positions, right-handed bench bat. Upside move, too, because he was good in 19 and 20. Yes. So there's my fourth outfielder, Clint Frazier. One year, $1 million, not a huge commitment. Takes it down to $10.5 million. Okay. Move number six. And this is where it gets, I don't want to say unrealistic because I do think this is possible. It's been rumored before, but I'm taking some liberties here. I am trading Logan O'Hop. Is it O'Hop or O'Hoppy? I think O'Hop. Okay, Logan O'Hop. Could be wrong. Definitely could be wrong. He's the catcher. The Phillies catcher who just won like the equivalent equivalent of the fall league MVP or whatever the heck that was. His trade values at its highest it probably will ever be. I'm trading him. I'm trading Mickey Moniak. I'm trading Johan Rojas. I'm trading Andrew Painter, the Phillies' first round pick this past season. Yes. Okay. And I'm I'm, okay. I'm, I'm shipping them all to Minnesota, and I'm bringing in Byron Buxton. Oh, so so we're getting Bryant and Buxton and and Kimbrel. It's the perfect offseason. Let's make it oh, happen. Goodness, I am all for that. <laughs> And my logic here, because I know people are scared of Buxton because of the injuries. And if you trade a first-round pick in Andrew Painter, who looks like he's going to be really good for a guy who's going to go get hurt, especially because he's not under contract past this season. You're literally trading for one year Byron Buxton to go win it all. But, Kevin, if he can stay healthy and you pair him up alongside Bryce Harper, Chris Bryant, JT, 
Like that's that's one of the best offenses in baseball. Not to mention that he's one of the best defensive center fielders in all of baseball as well. You're killing two birds with one stone. Yes, you're you're giving up a first round pick and painter. You're giving up one of your top catching prospects. You're giving up a lot to get this guy, and he's not guaranteed to be here past 2022. But look, Bryce Harper's in his prime. Zach Wheeler's in his prime. JT's yeah. might be on the decline. You know, this Chris is one of Bryant this might be one of his, his last prime. years. Chris yeah. Bryant's in his prime. Craig Kimbrell looks like he's still in his prime. Like, yeah. Make make the ballsy move. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You're just back at square one. If it works, though, you're going to be in the postseason. I like it, Dave. Okay. I like also, it. in that deal, I need the Twins to eat three and a half million of <laughs> Buxton's projected seven point five million dollar contract. So, you know, eat a little bit of the money for us. They're trying to dump them anyway. Yes. So, assuming the Phillies can get Buxton and that they only have to pay. $4 million uh, worth of his contract. That takes him down to $6.5 million worth of cap space. I'm then turning around and signing uh, J.A. Happ. Uh, we, he, we would be calling for him to be DFA'd by July. Yes. And I'm, I'm also paying him $4 million. Um, okay. And I'm like, you know, it's an overpay. My logic here is you need him to fill the fifth spot in the rotation for two months. Yeah, it's before, before Eflin comes comes back, they're going to sign yeah. a starter. I don't trust Hans Krauts. I don't trust Bailey Falter to hold down that role. You go get Hap. He's a veteran. He's going to be comfortable. And then and then once he's done doing his job, and then Eflin's back, you can move him into the bullpen. He can be a long man. Um, so you know, I'm overpaying a little bit. I'm throwing him four million dollars, but it, it's hard to get starters. They're expensive. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him some money just to you know give you 10, 15 starts before Eflin gets back. Um, final couple of moves. I am then going to sign Brock Holt or Freddie Galvis to a spring training invite. Uh, that would probably be Galvis would be my guess. Yeah. Either or Brock Holt, just cause he's got the Dombrowski connection. They're pretty much the same player, uh, you know, upwards of $1 million. If they make the team pick one or the other, whoever has the better spring training, I don't care. Um, and then move nine, similar thing. Uh, I have Sean Doolittle, David Robertson, Philly's legend and Andrew <laughs> Miller on the list. Same logic. Come to spring training. If you make the team, you get a million dollars just for some added bullpen depth because I know the Phillies have been connected to multiple multiple relievers. They're probably looking to bring in more than just Kimbrell. Um, I didn't have the money to bring in anyone else notable. So a couple spring training invites, um, assuming they pick one of those backup infielders and one of those relievers, that takes them down to just under half a million in cap space. I keep it under the cap with the final team looking like Wheeler, Nola, Suarez, Gibson, Zach Eflin slash J.A. Happ in the rotation. Your bullpen, your main guys are going to be Kimball, Nerez, uh, Alvarado, Connor Brockton, Sam Coonrod, Sir Anthony, and then some sort of combination of Ryan Sheriff, Bailey Falter, or spring training guys. Um, the offense is largely the same with the additions of Chris Bryant, Byron Buxton, and of course, Bryson Stott is my opening day shortstop. He's winning that job. I've Loved everything he's done in the fall league. I think he's ready. Um, with the bench consisting of Matt Veerling, Nick Maton, uh, Freddie Galvish, Brock Holt, Clint Frazier, and then Garrett Stubbs, who was the Houston catcher Dombrowski yeah. traded for a couple days ago. Can't wait to boo him, too. I was looking at his numbers. They're not great with the bat. He's a good defender. I'll take anyone over Nap, though. Yeah, someone new to, to, to boo. I do want to say, I didn't go – like, I don't have the entire bench mapped out, I have the bullpen. But, like, I did, like, a 
I got their rotation set, the lineup set, bullpen for the most part is set. Um, I can't go down a full bench like you just did. I just want to make you aware before we proceed. That and you know the thing with the bench is like you know like I have Nick Mayton getting called up and being yeah. an everyday guy. Like that could be Luke Williams, that could be somebody else. <laughs> but you know, fill the bench. Yeah. So all right, so like if that's your roster, what's your projection? How many wins? Yeah, like like what's their ceiling? I think, I think that's the World Series. Ceiling. If they get Buxton and Chris Bryant and, and Buxton stays healthy and Kimbrel, I think they can make a very they can win it. Yeah, run. I would think I so. I think they could win. No, and I think and, and and that that was my logic with the Buxton thing. It's like you're still so far away from being better than. You know, and I know the Dodgers didn't win the World Series, but I still think you're pretty far away with how the Phillies are current constructed yeah. to beat the Dodgers in a seven-game series. I think they're probably pretty far away from beating the Braves in, in a seven-game series. I mean, they got swept to end the year; they just weren't even close. Um, you know, let's say let's say they get to the World Series and they have to take on a Houston or a Tampa Bay. Like they're just not close right now. So yes, Buxton is the riskiest of risky trades possible, and you're giving up a first-round pick to get him. But if he's healthy. He fits your window too. Yes. Yeah. He fits right in with, with your core. I, I I would have no issue if they traded for Byron Buxton because when you look at the health too, you got to factor in like obviously you're risking he's going to miss time, but you're going to get him cheaper because he's so injury plagued. Like if he's a guy who who had stayed healthy for you know the bulk of his career. He's getting a contract like uh, you know two hundred plus million dollars. Like that's the kind of it's, talent. He yeah. Is. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but all right, that's hey man. I, yeah, if the, all that plays out, my goodness, uh, I'm so on board. I would say my off season is more in the realistic sense because I had the force to stay under the tax. Um, you will be surprised to find out. Chris Bryant is not in my off season would love them if hey if they can make it work you know that i i want chris bryan in philly i'm just looking at it in the sense of i'm trying to stay under the the salary tax kevin uh, kevin i'm not mad i'm just disappointed <laughs> yeah i uh i just that's why it took me so many tries i just couldn't stay under the tax I was having a hard time with that. So. Imagine before you get it imagine if they would just go over like how easy oh, that would make they go over no question sign chris bryant uh, go get Craig Kimbrell, who I also did not have them acquiring. Okay, well, good. I'm um, glad the, that we're relatively different then. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We do have okay. one move that was um, essentially identical. Um, mine was they were getting something in return. So that's where I'll start. Okay. I'm beginning with dumping Didi Gregorius's contract to the Pittsburgh Pirates, right. believe it or not. Uh, it's not a full dump. The Phillies still have to eat $8 million. Um, but they're dumping Didi and Francisco Morales, so they have to give up a prospect. They're going to get Chad Cool in return, who's kind of a swingman starter. Um, fringe number five. It's rotation depth. It's just uh, it's a way to get another arm in here, how you got Jay Happ in. It sucks that they have to part with Morales and they have to eat some money. But the fact that they're eating some money and they're getting Cool back, so it, it kind of plugs a hole for them on the roster. So – that's like a more of a minor move, um, but they're getting rid of Didi Gregorius, which I think needs would need to be celebrated. That's that would be a significant significant move for this team. Um, so, with that said, 
We got Chad Cool now as rotation depth. Stott is going to take that middle infield position. So it would be him and Segura up the middle. Um, the big bat that I have the Phillies bringing in is Kyle Schwarber. Uh, I don't have an exact number in terms of years, but I have it at $15 million AAV. Um, so realistically, from everything that I've kind of seen, the expectance would be around a three-year contract. But to go against the tax, we got $15 million here. Um, so with moving DD, uh, it, it, that opened up $6 million in money, <laughs> which brings us up to thirty-four. Uh, Adam Schwarber gets you down to $19 million. Um, but he's the big bat you're going to pencil in in left field. Uh, he's probably going to hit. Realistically, if you want to go left, right, left, it would be Harper, Hoskins, Schwarber. I think it'd be better off to go Harper, Schwarber, Hoskins. I think he's a bigger threat. Um, but that's a guy that you could probably pencil in to hit 35-plus homers. Um, and this is a big 180 for me because I was really down on Schwarber going into this past season. Uh, but working with Kevin Long, uh, the Phillies' new hitting coach, he completely like just rejuvenated his career. Uh, David, he had 16 homers in like 18 games or something. Like this guy has unreal power. Adding him to this lineup would be massive. So that's a big time addition. Uh, realistically, if he's a guy who can hit 35 to 40 homers, Dave, 15 million dollars isn't much. Uh, yeah, so, real, real quick. Well, I want to jump in on the Schwarber because I had him penciled in in my offseason. I've swapped him out last second. I think whatever team signs him, and it might be Philly because they've been connected to him a few times. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to be very happy because you're right. Most of the projections I see are around that like $15, 16000000 million mark. Kevin, if you're getting your cleanup hitter for under yeah. $20 million, you're in a real good spot. A guy who hit 38 homers two years ago, and in this past season, he had 30 plus, right? Yeah, and he's a postseason monster, which is exactly yeah. what the Phillies World need. World Series winner, yeah, no doubt. Uh, so he's he's quietly crept up my ladder of I want the Phillies to to at least consider it. Yeah, I mean, signing him I think would be huge. And he would be reunited with Kevin Long, who he just worked with in Washington, and it worked. Mm-hmm. You know, what they did worked. So uh, the big uh, offensive addition that I have for the Phillies is Kyle Schwarber uh, in left field. Now, we're going back to the trade market, Dave, and we're going to plug center field. It's not as drastic of a move as your, as your move was. Uh, it's not Byron Buxton. Um, it's more of a low-key move that I think has a, a pretty good upside to it. Um, they're going to t- uh, you know, take advantage of the Oakland Athletics fire sale that looks like it's coming, and they're going to trade for Ramon Laureano from Oakland. Uh, I got them giving up Johan Rojas. Adonis Medina, Mickey Moniak, and Scott Dave. They're going to dump Scott Kingery's $4 million AAV on Oakland. It opens up another $4 million, which you're going to be able to turn around and extend Loriano, who's arbitration eligible. They're going to give him a four-year extension. $6 million a year will take him right into his free agency years. Uh, so you're looking at $24 million over four for Loriano. 26 years old, uh, great defender, decent with the bat. You know, he he can uh, he could probably hit leadoff for the Phillies. He's not going to be a guy who's going to hit you know 380 to 400 in the, uh, on base percentage, but he can sit around 340 to 350, play really good defense, and hit you know 260. I think that's a valuable piece for the Phillies. He can run, uh, and you know if you're going to have Schwarber playing left field, you need a lockdown 
defensive center fielder. And Loriana is one of the one of the better ones in baseball. Uh, so it's kind of uh, Oakland's cashing in on the prospect because Johan Rojas is just shooting up boards for the Phillies. They get Adonis Medina, who is probably a major league ready arm for a team that's not looking to win. And they get a a reclamation project in Scott Kingery. And they get a former number one overall pick in the trade, who's still 22 years old. It's quite the sell job on Kingery and Moniak. It's a a pretty good haul. (laughs) If you think about it, it's a pretty good haul. I, I love I love the creativity. I think that's a if they pulled something like that off, I'd, I'd be so happy with Dombrowski. I think that's good for both teams. I mean, yeah, realistically, yeah. they they still have to take on Kingery's contract, but like this is a guy who, you know, he's definitely a change of scenery type of player, right? Like it's not going to work here. Go to Oakland where it's way more low key. Who knows, man? Maybe they, you know, not to be funny, but you know, they hit a home run with that type of move if you're Oakland and it works out, and then you still get some prospects out of it as well. Uh, so Ramon Laureano, four-year extension at six million more. Um, you take away Kingery's four million. That's so then that's a two million dollar difference essentially, and you're trading the prospects. So now we're gonna move to the bullpen. I got making two moves. Hector Neris is gonna walk, unfortunately. I think he's gonna want too much money. Uh, I think these two arms you could probably get for a little bit cheaper because they're older. And I think they're, you know, probably better than Hector Neris. Uh, I got him signing Ryan Tapera and Corey Kniebel to identical two-year, $11 million contracts, $5.5 million per for each player. Um, so to combine, that's $11 million onto the tax. Both guys are in their mid-30s. I think Tapera is 35. I think Kniebel's 35 or 36. Um, coming off very strong seasons. You can even utilize Knievel in the opener role, which he excelled in with the Dodgers. Uh, so you're getting two high leverage arms to add to a bullpen that already has Coonrod, uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez. Uh, you have multiple high leverage arms now in that bullpen. Realistically, I know uh, I mentioned using Knievel as the opener. He's probably your closer in that scenario. Um, but at the same time, you could use Tapera in that role as well. He's another high upside, high leverage arm. Um, so I think both adding both of those guys to the Phillies bullpen uh, would work wonders. Uh, in terms of the rest of my offseason, Dave, those are like the, the significant moves that I had the Phillies making. Uh, I could see them looking to add, you know, like you mentioned, to Sean Doolittle on a minor league contract in spring training. He's a local guy. Uh, he went to Shawnee uh, in New Jersey. So, he, you know, he, he's local to the area. I could definitely see them doing that to left-handed, uh, left-handed arm. Um, I agree with your Freddie Galvis. I have them bringing him back as well on a $1 million contract um, to fill out on the bench. So with those moves, Dave, uh, that would give us Wheeler, Nola, Suarez, Eflin, Gibson in your rotation with Chad Cool kind of being the swing man, um, pretty much taking Eflin's spot until he's healthy and then being that swing man, long man type of role, which is what he did in Pittsburgh. Um, your offense is Real Muto, Hoskins, Segura, Stott, Bohm, Schwarber, Loriano, Harper. Uh, and then your bullpen will be Tapera, Knebel, Coonrod, Brogdon, Sir Anthony Dominguez, Bailey Falter. I think I'm missing somebody. Alvarado. 
Alvarado. I know I was gonna say I'm missing a left-hander and Jose Alvarado. And then, you know, one of the guys that they would bring in on those minor league invite type of contracts at spring training. As I mentioned, I don't have the whole bench mapped out. I think that's kind of wide open. I think, you know, uh, it was hard to leave Brad Miller out. I, think I tried. It, I tried so many times. Yeah, I think he's just going to want too much money. Me too, because he had a really nice year. Uh, and if the universal DH comes in, he's probably a guy who will start on a lot of teams if he's just yeah. DHing every day. Um, but I think that's like a realistic view of the offseason. And if those are the moves the Phillies end up making, I do think that could be a playoff team for sure. Um, their lineup would be much better. Their defense would be better. Because uh, I, I think Luriano would be an overlooked kind of move. I mean, he's a guy who could really excel in a new system who's a great defender. A great have his numbers here. Uh, this is from Baseball Reference. Uh, he is a career – uh, seven defensive run saves for his career in center field uh, in 2021 in just 75 appearances in center. Uh, it was three defensive runs saved. You can cover a lot of ground. Um, 2019 wasn't really a great year for him defensively, but uh, looking at his numbers, I think that's an anomaly. It's his only negative season. Um, and at the same time, Oakland has a gigantic center field compared to Philadelphia, which is much uh, more bandboxy, uh, will be easier to cover ground. So I think for me, that would be the most underrated move of the offseason if they were able to pull something like that off. I mentioned to you the other day, uh, I had something crazy planned. Um, that plan was trading Mick Abel or Andrew Painter and prospects for Brian Reynolds from Pittsburgh. Uh, I couldn't really make it work, ultimately. Um but that's a guy that, man, if they could get Brian Reynolds, I would move one of those arms because he's a guy who uh, is certainly, certainly on the rise and would be a big-time star if he wasn't in Pittsburgh. I, I like your offseason better, like straight up. <laughs> I think it was more – I kind of – because I was kind of going with the perfect offseason idea of, you know, who are the big names they've been connected to the last couple of years? How can I make it work? But I like your creativity. And I think I think with the way the cap is and, you know, how much money the Phillies have and, and they don't have, they're going to have to make one or two oddball moves. You know, it's not going to be as simple as just signing, oh, Chris Bryant, oh, Craig Kimbrell here. And, you know, let's let's go spend a crap ton of money. Um, so I like the, you know, the the Laureano deal. I like going in and getting two high leverage relievers in, in free agency. Just to go off of that, to, to make the money, like I have it mapped out here. So it started at 28. You move DD, uh, and that's $6 million. So that brings you up to 34. You move Kingery, that brings you up to 38. Schwarber is 15 off of that. Loriano's extension is six off of that. And then um, Kniebel and Tapera is 11 million off of that. That leaves the Phillies with six. Six million. They would have to go to arbitration with Chad Cool. Uh, he got two point one million last year. So realistically, he'll probably get a raise up to around three million. That leaves them with three point one million dollars um, to kind of fill out the rest of their roster with spring training type of invites, lower tier type of moves. Um, so it does fit under the the tax threshold. Yeah, no, and then you don't have other teams eating as much money as I do, so I applaud <laughs> you for that. Yeah, uh, trust me, I had I had a couple different tries. I had an off season where they were getting Chris Bryant. 
mm-hmm. uh, Brian Reynolds, like I mentioned, Byron, Byron Buxton and another. Um, but when I mapped them all out, this seemed like the most realistic route that they could go. Um, and yeah, it's the more and more I read about Loriano, I absolutely love that kind of move. I, I think that that's something that they could realistically do. Yeah, Oakland's definitely a team to keep an eye on because they've kind of yeah. publicly told everyone like we're shedding payroll like crazy. So definitely a team the Phillies could take advantage of. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I've been reading articles where they linked to Matt Chapman. I don't really know how that would work. They probably move Boehm, I would assume, in that type of deal. Um, Matt Olson, don't mm-hmm. know how that would work. But I, I think if you're looking at it, Loriano makes the most sense. But yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, you just know if that deal happens, Kingery would work out in Oakland. Adonis, yeah. Medina, Adonis Medina would become a stud. You know, it, it would. It, it, that's how it would work out. Loriano, Adonis, would, Adonis Medina, and Cole Irvin just lighten it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. cool. We had we had two very different off seasons. Um, both kept it under the tax, which I think is important. But um, I think if you're going to exceed, get Chris Bryant. If you're going to go over to tax. Absolutely, yes. Brian. I just couldn't make it work financially. It was, t- and like I said, I took the liberty of of having him take a little bit of a pay cut. So we'll see what the market for him is like. Um, yeah, because with being a Boris agent, it might be a while till he signs. He's gonna sign. Yeah, he'll probably wait till the freeze is over and they so figure annoying. out what they're doing with the CBA. Um, yeah, but at this point, it's really about just waiting for the the first domino to fall. You know, the Phillies have been linked to Starling Marte. They've been linked to big trades. I've seen them linked to Brian Reynolds. I've seen them linked. Yeah to Craig Kimbrell and, and Josh Hader and other closers. Um, you know, I, John Heyman tweeted out the other day that they wanted to sign a, another starter, like a big name starter. So it's just right now it's about wait for that first domino to fall and then we can adjust our off season plans accordingly. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see uh, how it plays out. But in terms of the ceiling for that team uh, that I had mapped out, I don't think it's a world series winner, but I do think it's a team that could, at least challenge for the NL East again, in it, which should be an improved division. And I say it's difficult to say that because the World Series champion comes out of the East. Um, but it certainly would challenge for a wild card spot. And just to get to that point, the Braves won the World Series. For all the people in July, June, July, who were like, you know, the team's 500, pack it in. The Braves, they, they showed you that if you're in the race, go for it. Because, you know, you just got to catch lightning in a bottle, Dave. I mean, if we were sitting here at the deadline, we thought the Braves were toast. We were more worried about the Mets. And then before you knew it, here comes Atlanta. And they just kept going and going and going, man. And that, that's why, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get in debates with people who are like, why do why do you like why are you still invested in them they're you know they're 50 and 49 it's like dude like still a long way to go you don't know what's going to happen yeah and and that's my biggest hope is that Dombrowski has a plan and part of that plan is sectioned off for the trade deadline I want them to be aggressive now but not burning all your bullets which I don't think they are I don't think they're going to go trade away Abel Painter Hans you got to be in it at the deadline that's like you do have to be in it that's, like that's step one. Out. Yeah. Find a cleanup hitter. Find a leadoff hitter. Find a closer. I think you fill those three, get a little bit of rotational depth, and you'll be in it at the trade deadline. And then you can look to make, uh, you know, an Andy Rosario type move. Yeah. Whole, yeah. We'll see what happens. Like, you know, yeah. whatever. There's there's a million different ways you can go as long as you're in it at the deadline. But yeah, step one, they got to sign somebody. Yeah. 
Let's make a move. Let's make a move. Now Dave? This is going to drop, though. And ball's in your court now, Dave. Not, not <laughs> David Esser. Dave Dombrowski. <laughs> Dave Dombrowski, the other Dave. Um, yeah. No, my biggest fear is we drop the pod and 10 minutes you later know, they sign something. You <laughs> know that's what's going to happen. Um, let's hope that doesn't. Well, let's hope it happens, but let's hope it doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, all right, Kevin. Any other uh, final takes before we sign off and, and, and fully start the Phillies offseason? No. Um, you know, it's been a month since we hopped on, so it's always good to get back on the mic. Uh, thank you, everyone, for patiently waiting. I mean, we did. I did see some people on Twitter that were kind of like, "What's going on here?" Yeah. Shout, shout out to the people who who were asking about the offseason pod. That was that was yeah. really special. Yeah. Um, so now you know we get back into a rhythm here. Last offseason, I think we did a pod like every two weeks. You know, ten days ish. Uh, when they made a big move, we would hop on. So I think we'll probably follow the same format. It's just a little more difficult this time of year because do you really like we're just going to come on and talk about the same stuff until the ball starts rolling, you know? So appreciate everyone's patience is basically what I'm getting at. Well, Kevin, my, my hope is that this year we will have way more moves to talk about compared to last year. Well, last year we were waiting for them to sign a damn general manager. <laughs> we we just kept January. Kept, we're like, what's going on? Here? We just kept having like speculative GM podcast. Yeah, <laughs> Who are they gonna hire? Who the hell are they gonna hire? Yeah. We're talking about uh oh, man, we're talking about like Mets executive or not Mets, uh Marlins executives. Like they might yeah. hire this guy. Yeah. Uh yeah, it was a dark time. So yeah, we'll see we'll see how it plays out, but uh I certainly can't wait for the season to come back because Definitely not even just Phillies baseball, just miss baseball in general. Yeah. Uh, pitchers and catchers can't can't come soon enough. Couple months. Yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back into it. Well, but yeah. yeah. The, those are our perfect off seasons. Very different. Overall premise is the same. Go get some players. Go get some talent. Yeah. Make some crazy Go trades. improve the roster. Please. Spend some money. Go get Bryce Harper, Zach Wheeler some help. They've done more than their share of carrying this team the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with that said, with the Bullpen Blues podcast, we will hopefully talk to you when the Phillies make a move. That would be ideal. Um, but yeah, we'll talk to you all in a little bit. Go Phils.